Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. You're listening to the Bears Brothers podcast and postgame show, the place where Bears fans across the globe hang out online after every Bears game. Now get ready, because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast. We're less than 48 hours away from the very first practice down in Bourbonnais, and I can officially say that we've survived yet another offseason. I'm Yaros Wildewitt, and I'm glad to have you here with us in our final positional preview of the summer. Today's show is all about the quarterbacks, and of course, it's going to be heavily focused on number 10. To help me break down the three men under center, I am joined by two of my Bears brothers. I have Brandon Hazlett. I have Nicholas Moriano. We were originally trying to get Devontae Tidwell on the show, but uh, computer issues, software issues, technical glitches, whatever you want to call it, kind of prohibited that right now, but we will figure that out for the future. Uh, but we're rolling with it. But guys, Brandon, Nick, it's glad to have you. I know we just talked a couple days ago about the running backs. So in these last couple of days, how have you been? Pretty good. Can't complain. I mean, we are here training camp is just on the weekend that's all we have to wait till and we'll be there will it's it's amazing yes exactly i can't wait honestly like i know the 10 days episode i was so excited we're down to 48 hours less it's almost more like 36 uh, when the first practice starts so yeah we're getting down to crunch time i can smell football i can just i can't wait to get to bourbon a i'm already my bag's already packed let's get going what about you b what's going on yeah it's all been good getting getting a little jittery the closer we get to training camp i'm ready to go i mentioned to go Awesome. And real quick, I want to mention me. I finally finished uh, the High School Journalism Institute by a couple week uh, high school journalism workshop that I work. And I actually met a fan of the show today. His name's Damien. I know he's in the chat right now. He watches each and every episode, uh, but he wanted to make sure to come say hi to me. Uh, it was really cool meeting him. He's hopefully going to be at training camp. and I can't wait to uh, talk to him a little bit more in the future. So just a shout out to Damien in the chat watching each and every live show. Appreciate the support. Uh, Nick and Brandon were quite jealous that they weren't able to meet you today, but uh, I appreciate you reaching out to me. All right, guys, so I originally was going to start this show with Mitchell Trubisky, but Nick made a pretty good point. Who wants to listen after we talk about Trubisky with Chase Daniel and Tyler Bray, who we all kind of hope doesn't really need to see the field at all this summer, or all fall, I should say. It's still summer, but we don't, we don't want to have to see them uh, take the field. And actually, I think we might have Devontae. Let's take a step back. Oh, Devontae, man. are you here, man? Is Devontae here? I'm in, I'm in. Hey, nice. we got Devante. Hey, first time on the show, so let's see. Now I'm joined by three of my Bears brothers. We have Devante. Devante, do you want to maybe take a moment to introduce yourself to our podcast audience? They know you pretty well from the blog. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, my name is Devante Tidwell. Uh, I joined the team uh, earlier this year. I'm excited. I'm a huge Bears fan, uh, and I love to cover the Bears. I love everything that's happening, and I, I feel like I got in at a good time because uh, this, is, this season is looking like it's about to take us place. 
Yes, it is. Yes, it is. All right, so we're ready to talk about the quarterbacks and Devontae. I need to know from you. Are you ready to talk about Chase Daniel? We're going to begin there. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I can talk about Chase Daniel. You want me, you want me to start it off? No, I just wanted to see if you're ready. I got this. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> awesome. Awesome. All right, guys. So coming in from New Orleans, we have Chase Daniel. He was brought in to be Trubisky's primary backup this season. In this role, he's going to wear two hats. First, he'll be the guy to you know step up if needed, but more importantly, he's here to mentor the young quarterback as he gets acclimated into the new offense. For Daniel, I think it's wise if we kind of break down these two roles that he will be providing this season and begin, I think, let's go ahead and just start with what he's going to provide on the field if he's needed to step in at one point or another this year. Throughout his career, Daniel does not have a quote-unquote ton of playing experience. Uh, he only has two starts in his career. Uh, the most attempts he's ever had in a single game was 38, and his most productive stat line looks like this. He was 21 of 30, one touchdown, zero interceptions, a 99.2 rating, and that was in 2013 in a 24-27 loss in Kansas City. So yes, Daniel's stat sheet is sporadic. He has a handful of games with only a few throws each. Uh, again, not a huge sample size to draw off of, but Daniel, he's quite familiar with his offense. He and Eggie, and uh, as a quarterback's coach, he had him back in Kansas City, uh, which obviously play in his favor. And Nick, I want to go to you first. Uh, what do you, would you expect from Daniel if he does need to be thrust into a playing time this season? I know it's a very small sample size. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that knows the offense, and that's honestly all that you can really ask for in these back. Finally. A bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com up quarterback some of that's going to go in you're going to feel confident calling whatever play is out there it's not going to limit the playbook obviously he's not going to have the talent that Mitch Trubisky has or you know backing up Alex Smith but it's a guy that's going to go in there and just run the offense do what he has to do he's not going to win a game for you but at least you're not going to be dimmy down on what you can call as a play caller so that's what what's good about Chase Daniels coming back from a familiar system obviously coming with Nagy to Chicago so that's going to be beneficial just for the Bears just on the field if he has to see it which you definitely don't want to see but it could happen it definitely could and Devontae I want to know what's your confidence level like in Daniel if he does have to take the field this season he knows the offense and based off everything I've read with his interviews he seems fairly confident that he does have the ability he's still feeling pretty you know pretty good like physically and mentally because he hasn't had taken the toll that a normal NFL quarterback would with him being primarily a backup throughout the entirety of his career. Yeah, actually, man, I'm actually really, really confident in, in Chase Daniel. should he have to come on the field. And the reason that I say that is this, uh, he has a ton of experience in the offenses, number one. And number two, he spent a ton of time behind Drew Brees, um, who is, we all know, is Ryan Pace's like biggest um, <laughs> man crush of a quarterback. Um, and, and I think that the skills and the intangibles that he's learned from Drew Brees have put him in a place uh, where he can come in and step in and, and provide the intangibles as leadership where people would say, hey, I can get behind this guy. Sort of like, um, you know, sort of like the way the Eagles got behind Nick Foles. Um, but I think I'm, I'm actually very confident if Chase Daniel had to step on the field. He's also a guy who ran a 4-9. Like he can still move and scoot a little bit uh, so he can do a lot of the run pass option stuff, too. 
Yeah, exactly. What about you, B? I want to know, uh, come this preseason, uh, say he struggles a little bit, how worried would you be uh, looking into the season? And I just want to note before I let you talk, in his nine preseasons, he is completing 65% of his passes, uh, 23 touchdowns to only 12 picks. So he does uh, d- does do a decent job in the preseason. But say he does struggle, would that kind of change things in your perspective? Uh, yes and no. I mean, I don't have high expectations for Chase Daniel. Uh, I kind of look at him sort of as a, a Matt Barkley type where he could come in and fill the role as quarterback and just kind of go through the motions, I guess, as much as I don't want to see a quarterback go through the motions. I'd see him do a little bit more than that. Uh, but if he struggles in the preseason, uh, that does worry me some because he's not necessarily going to be facing the top-level guys. That's probably why he's got a good completion percentage uh, throughout the preseason because he's facing those middle to bottom depth chart guys. Uh, so I would I would definitely be concerned if he doesn't uh, show up this preseason, but he doesn't have to blow the lights out either. Exactly. All right, so Brandon, Devontae, Nick, anything else you want to mention about Chase Daniel uh, in terms of on the field before we move on to what I believe is uh, where he's really going to provide value for Chicago and that's going to be the mentorship role? Yeah, you know, I will say this. Uh, just reading the in-depth piece that Kevin Fishbane wrote on The Athletic about Daniel is that even though he is a backup and he has been the backup primarily for his time in the NFL, he still approaches each and every day as if he's going to compete for the starting job. And that's what you honestly want in a guy. You don't want to be, have a guy that's content with where he's at, but he he's realistic. Obviously he's behind your breeze. You're not going to pass up a hall of future hall of famer. And now with Trubisky going into year two being, you know, second row, second overall pick a couple years ago, He's not going to be that guy, but I like the mentality that he takes with each practice, th- knowing that I'm going to compete. I'm going to push you to, you know, whatever quarterback it is to, you know, the best of your abilities. So even though he's not the starter, he still plays like he he wants to be one. Exactly. Exactly. All right, guys, let's go ahead and switch the focus and let's discuss what he'll be able to provide in that mentor backup role this season to Trubisky. And in all honesty, it is going to be the primary reason why I believe Pace and Nagy brought him in. You know, he has a connection to both of them and together they thought that was the guy to come in and fill this role correctly. And he's here to be an astute mind in the quarterback's room and he knows his offense inside and out. Daniel's able to learn under Drew Brees, as Devontae pointed out a few minutes ago, early on in his career. And, of course, he worked behind him again uh, last year in New Orleans. But the year prior, Daniel was an acting mentor to Carson Wentz in Philadelphia. And, you know, the two have worked together through OTAs, that being Daniel and Trubisky. And Daniel said that training camp is going to be huge for both of them as they kind of learn how they work together the best. And it's going to be, you know, he's going to be hell-bent on figuring out how to make Trubisky the most confident quarterback he can be on game day. So I want to know, guys, what would you like to mention in terms of Daniel's leadership? And personally, I think it's going to fly under the radar for a casual fan. So why shouldn't his leadership to Trubisky kind of go unnoticed this season? And Devante, I know you're here and you fought through the technical issues. I want to let you kick things off. Yeah, um, I would say first and foremost, I think the biggest aspect that he's going to offer, um, one, is experience. One, I mean, uh, two, seeing the offense in a bunch of different faces. I think that's a big part. Um, that because one, the West Coast is the West Coast, no matter what, no, who plays it, whether it's John Gruden or it's Matt Nagy, the West Coast is the West Coast. But I think when you've seen it from a Doug Peterson standpoint and a Matt Nagy standpoint and an Andy Reid standpoint, I think you know it in and out. Um, and then you see the spread concepts because there's going to be a ton of stuff that Chase Daniel doesn't know because what a lot of people don't understand is that Mark Helfrich is going to be a part of this offense, but they both come from a similar type of background all the way going all the way back to college. Like Chase Daniel operated the spread in college himself, so he can kind of uh, relate to Mitch on multiple levels, like coming in uh, and, and applying his spread concepts to a West Coast and then speaking the language across the board. So. 
Yeah, good stuff there, Devante. I definitely agree with everything you're saying. Let's go over to Brandon. Mentorship. Uh, Daniel, what do you got? I think it's a good sign uh, when he mentors Carson Wentz, and look how Carson Wentz turned out. I mean, that, that right there gives me enough reason to be excited. You know, I mean, Chase Daniel, when you think about it, you know, he's not a guy that, oh, he's, you know, going to be our backup quarterback. I mean, we don't know anything about him. He provides a lot in the quarterback room. I think he was able to bring up guys like Carson Wentz, and he sat behind Drew Brees. He's learned a lot, and I definitely think that's a lot that he's going to bring uh, to Helfrich, uh, to Matt Nagy, to the quarterback coach, to Mitch, to Tyler Bray. He's, he's going to provide a lot more value in that quarterback room that's going to go uh, uh, out of the media, so things we're not going to hear about. Yeah, no doubt about it. And something I want to mention real quick, and I remember when he was first introduced here in Chicago, he said that he prided himself on always being the smartest quarterback in the room. And like we've mentioned, he worked a few years with Drew Brees. So if he's uh, self-proclaiming he's a little bit more uh, you know, astute than a Brees, I mean, that just speaks volumes to what kind of uh, leadership he's going to be able to provide Trubisky and just how much uh, he can expedite the process of getting Trubisky acclimated into this new scheme, this new offense that we're about to see here in just a couple days in Bourbon A. Let's go over to Nick. What do you got here? Sorry, I was looking at the chat, seeing if uh, the stream was good. Um, I think what Daniel, what's really going to be beneficial, I think this is where the question originated from, but really it's beneficial is in those practice reps. Um, again, you're getting a guy that knows the offense is going to be, you know, learning, like Devante said, some some of the offense as, you know, Trubisky's learning it, but it's those practice reps become that much more valuable because now you can see, okay, on this certain type of play, you have to go to maybe the check down as opposed to throwing it over the middle. And each of these guys are going to intertwine and just learn from each other. And Daniel taking those practice reps, the second team, third team, whatever it may be, is going to help Trubisky because now he's essentially looking at the same reps he would be taking, but just obviously learning maybe a different side of the play. Because again, this RPO, there's many different options within one single play. So with Daniel maybe running the same play, it can have many different options. Again, that's all going to revolve in each of these quarterbacks learning from each other. So each of them benefit from, you know, each other, but that's just something that Daniel does bring to the table. Yeah. You know, having open communication between all the quarterbacks in a room is going to be huge. Uh, something I think I can see in terms of Daniel, in terms of like maybe the week by week throughout the season that may go on notice is going to be the fact like when they're scouting an opposing defense and they're watching film. And I think, you know, Daniel, he's been around for nine years, entering his 10th season. Now he's seen a few things that, you know, Trubisky hasn't, he's going to be able to pick up on them and maybe he'll give it a little bit, like see if Trubisky can pick up on this, you know, this pattern that's a green base thrown out there. And if he doesn't, he's like, okay, so this is what you need to be paying attention to in this situation and this kind of play call. I think those are going to be the things. And then he can remind them, you know, even during the game. So I believe like those are going to be things that uh, he's going to be uh, a second mind at Trubisky and one that's going to really help him uh, to kind of take the pressure off in terms of learning a new offense. Because I think Tyler Bray, who we're going to talk about here in just a minute, said it took him like three seasons to really get the grasp of this offense. And obviously here in Chicago, we can't really, we don't have the same kind of patience right now with Trubisky. Like we have patience for him, but if it takes three years to get this offense rolling, I think we can all agree we're missing some prime with all these players because he needs to get going in a hurry. So any final thoughts on Daniel before we move on to Bray guys? Yeah, I think that the uh, um, on-field adjustments in a game are something that gets overlooked frequently. Uh, so that's something that since Daniel's been on the field before, he can say, you know, when you're looking at this key, you need to do this instead of this. And I think those in-game adjustments are really going to be huge, something that's going to go overlooked. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I actually think that uh, – Chase Daniel also is one of kind of the elder statesmen on the team. Like he's one of the oldest players now. Uh, so I think that Trubisky is not going to be the only one he's mentoring. I actually see Chase Daniels mentoring the entire defense because 
Now you have a quality backup who can operate um, and play against your defense, which makes your depth more quality. Because now they're playing. Your second team is playing up against a guy who is capable of coming in and starting, and and they're getting better. They're the Dion Bushes, uh, um, the 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 second string, the uh, uh, Bryce Callahan's, and the. Craven LeBlancs are all getting quality reps as you know with the second unit so that if they have to step up, they've been seeing in practice a quality starter uh, who's been mentoring Trubisky on another level, but they get that same starter quality quarterback play. Yeah, no, exactly. That's a very good point. That's that takes it, you know, to a whole another level. That uh, again, not many people go all the way to that much depth. So I, I really do appreciate uh, that sort of insight there, Devante. So, guys, let's go ahead and move on to Tyler Bray. And like Daniel Bray, uh, he has what I'm going to call expert level knowledge of Nagy's system, having worked together for five years in Kansas City. And throughout that span, he only had one passing attempt. Bray said in Kansas City that it took him three years to get comfortable in the offense, like I mentioned before. And obviously that we all hope and pray that it doesn't take Trubisky that long. And in many ways, uh, like I mentioned, I don't think he has that sort of time. And that's why I think Bray is here. He's just yet another quarterback that understands the offense. Uh, the Bears staff, you know, they don't have to teach three guys this brand new offense. If they would have brought in three different guys or maybe another rookie uh, on top of that, it would be difficult for this coaching staff to really teach everybody when the primary, you know, person that needs to be learning is Trubisky. So instead, the staff and now the other two quarterbacks are going to work together and putting in every ounce of effort to get number 10 up to speed ASAP. I think that's where you see Bray coming into play. So guys, I'm intrigued on what you all have to say about Bray. You know, not much on-field experience. But again, that's okay for your third-string guy. And I think it's safe to keep this conversation in the mentorship realm. Uh, and I, Because honestly, I think if we tried to talk about what he brings on the field, we just kind of would we would be kind of like grasping at straws. There's really not a lot to uh, see throughout his career. So a couple questions to keep in mind as I head over to you. Is he worth keeping around throughout the entire season as a third quarterback? Because in Kansas City, Nagy's offense did tend to keep three guys. Uh, again, everyone helping Trubisky throughout the year is certainly valuable but yet again they could add another skill player instead so there's an opportunity cost here to keep in mind but nick i'm gonna go over to you first is he worth keeping absolutely i think having more minds in that quarterback room with you know obviously helford's gonna be there Nagy's gonna be there all those guys are gonna be there but you add another guy who again has been in the offense he could see something different than daniel than than daniel hasn't seen or something like that it's just having different perspectives on again like I said a single play or you know how to attack a certain type of defense even though he is a backup and he has primarily been that for his entire career that's still great to have that other insight from another you know individual so I think having more people in that quarterback room even though like you said what if they do bring in like a uh, you know a wide receiver another skilled position yeah you could but this is valuable even though He's never, he's hopefully he never sees a field. Um, he's definitely a valuable asset to have on the team. What about you, B? See, I'm kind of torn here because my dark horse pick to make the running backs Tuesday was Taquan Mazel. And he's, I think he makes the team if Tyler Bray doesn't. So I think it's really going to be a week by week evaluation of Bray throughout the preseason to determine, you know, is Trubisky grasping this offense quick enough? Do we really need that extra guy or can we add another potential playmaker to this team? I think that's a gamble that, uh, Nagy and Pace are going to have to really, uh, really stew over. I think it's not going to be a split decision thing. I think it's going to have to be a week by week evaluation of how quick is Trubisky grasping this. Does he need another hand or does he need another weapon? So I think that's kind of where it's at. I wish I could give a more, a more solid answer, but I really think that he, he provides good value there in the quarterback room. It's how quickly Trubisky can grasp, grasp the offense. Sure. Exactly. No doubt. What about Devante? Uh, I want to know what are your thoughts on Bray? Do you think he's sixth round for the whole year? 
Yeah, actually, um, I think it comes down to it's not a matter of uh, keeping another position on offense. I think it's going to come down to the edge rush position. Um, if one of the guys, because they have so many kind of, they took a shotgun approach to the edge rush position. If uh, one of the guys shows up, maybe like a, a Fitz or Acho or Lynch or all of them, hopefully, dear God, hopefully, but um, <laughs> yeah. if all of them kind of show up, I think it's going to be one of those situations where we look at both sides of the ball and if Bray um, doesn't stick around, it's because we kept another position that, you know, or another player at edge rush, maybe like an Isaiah Irving, um, who's kind of becoming a dark horse player um, to be, or a special guy, especially if he pans out to be the player that everybody's kind of hyping them up to be over the past couple of weeks. I think it's going to come down to what, can we address another need? But uh, of course that, that value in the room is, is, is you know, invaluable and i think there's a way that you can keep him without him playing sort of the same way they did mark sanchez last season so yeah we could see that nick what about you so what would he need to show throughout the preseason perhaps to maybe have you because you said you you expect him to probably make this roster what if he goes out there and he fails miserably against third string defenses does that kind of change your opinion those are some good third string defenses but um (laughs) with that being said i think uh you know, it is preseason. These guys get limited opportunities. They're maybe it's not the it, like the Trey McBrides or you know those kind of guys he's throwing to. So he's not throwing to with the best guys. Um, but I still think that when it all comes down to it, I think he's going to be able to make those passes enough passes. Like again, Chase Daniels been doing that, doing this forever to where he's been, you know, executing in the preseason. That's why he's still in the NFL, earning contracts. So Tyler Bray, I'm expecting you know sim- him to do similar things with a limited. Uh, opportunities, but if he can't, that'll that'll be interesting. Then they're they're gonna say maybe okay, where can we again, like Devontae say, add that value? But I think he, I have a feeling that he will be able to make the most of his opportunities. Awesome. All right, guys. So I think that's gonna do it on Tyler Bray. We're gonna find out more about him in a couple of days in Bourbonnais. See how he's looking out there on the field. So up next, we're gonna go ahead and talk about. The main man, number 10, Mitchell Trubisky. Before we do, I just want to take a moment to ask you if you haven't yet to subscribe to our YouTube channel. That way you never miss a show throughout the entirety of the offseason. It's going to be extremely important here as training camp comes up because we're planning on doing multiple uh, camp, uh, reports You know, after, right after practices, getting you the most update information. And on top of that, it's the best way to keep, with, uh, keep up with us throughout the season and, of course, our live post-game show. I know for those watching right now, the stream... It's not really working out so hot. Again, that's kind of like out of our control. Uh, it's more of a YouTube thing. But the good news is, if that's the case, I mean, we have backup recording software, and I will definitely publish the podcast on YouTube. That way you still get your insight and analysis. Uh, so hopefully YouTube, uh, they get this little bug figured out before training camp because they really want to do some live shows for training camp. Um, but, yeah, either way, subscribe. We're going to be here all year long, all off-season long. But, again, off-season's over, so I don't have to say that word for quite a long time. All right, guys, let's talk about Mitchell Trubisky. Entering his second season, True says he believes that he can help deliver what us fans deserve. He's hungry and starving for success. I'll admit, I'm sitting right behind him in that buffet line. I'm ready for success, too. Since January, every single move that the Bears have made have been just for him, uh, for Trubisky to be surrounded by better talent, better players, and, of course, coaches. Back in April, Trubisky was quoted as saying, I was built for this offense. So let's look at Trubisky's rookie season because I thought we saw promising signs out of Trubisky. Uh, two things I would say stuck out the most was his accuracy and athleticism. So that's two things that stuck out. But let's look at year one to year two because we do need to see an improvement. And not a knock, just a fact. Every quarterback needs to improve, especially one from his rookie year. Uh, you're going to find areas to improve for every quarterback every single season. I want to go around the horn and see what you guys have as maybe an area of his game that you believe Trubisky needs to show maybe the most growth in order to take that next 
next step in his young career. Let's go to Devontae first. What do you got? Uh, first thing I would say, well, I guess two things. I would say number one is consistency uh, because he showed the athleticism. He showed the accuracy. I, I, I go back to that play in Baltimore where he comes out and he throws off his back foot like a 40-yard bomb, and then mm-hmm. there's a flag. that like I go to the, the pass that he hit Deion Sims like in the face mask for a touchdown, like those kind of things. Um, I, I think that uh, he, he has to just do that consistently. But I think one area that he needs to improve is his quicker – he needs to have quicker decision-making. Um, and make I think the faster that he makes those decisions, the more we'll be able to see those wild throws like on a consistent basis. Um, he took – quite a few sacks last season that he didn't have to take because he was taking so long to analyze the field. I think that Nagy is going to build a, um, a, a read progression in his offense. That's going to let him go one, two, three, four, get out of there or, or get to his hot reads or get to his check downs a lot faster than uh, a Dow Loggins offense. So I think those are the two areas that in my opinion. Yeah, no, of course, those are really, I mean, those are two strong points there. Uh, I was kind of upset when I had to hear the word dial logins. I was, uh, I, those were two words I just never thought we'd utter again, but it's okay. It's okay. We can handle it. We, we're in much better hands now. Let's go over to B. Uh, what do you want to see Trubisky improve on from last year? I kind of go in hand in hand with Devante's point about consistency. I had a statistical category just kind of reflecting that was a touchdown to interception ratio. It was one to one, seven touchdowns, seven interceptions. It's kind of the reason why I didn't like Jay Cutler because when he throws 27 touchdowns and 26 picks or something like that, I mean, it was really frustrating to watch. And I understand that interceptions are going to happen, but if he can bump it up to like maybe one and a half to one or something of that, it goes along with the decision making. It's going to go along with football IQ, things of that nature. Now that this is a much more detailed offense, I think that he's going to be able to thrive and be able to pick up that ratio, uh, but it's something I think he definitely needs to improve on. And Nick, what, what's going on? Uh, I think the thing that Trubisky has to work on heading into year two is those lower body mechanics. Um, at times there were he didn't set his feet and the ball would sail on him or it would just be inaccurate. He did show plenty of times where he showed that accuracy, but there were times where his, his feet weren't set. He was bouncing or hopping in the pocket, locks that front leg. Once you do that as a quarterback – you don't know where that ball is going to really end up. So I think that with, you know, and again, I think that's going to be fixed up just because of Trubisky and Nagy. They just paid so much attention to detail that that's going to be one of the first things that Trubisky is going to work on is that lower body mechanics. Because once you get that set, Trubisky's shown that he can make every throw in the NFL. Just about setting those feet, you know, and everything goes into it. Then reading those coverages, making those quick decision making. But it all starts with the feet. And then once that happens, uh, I'm confident that Trubisky will be able to make every throw. I just saw last season there were times, and I, I think the game, and it's not a fair game, but it was the Eagles game where you saw that. And, again, that's one of the you know, best defenses last season. But, again, fix simple lower body mechanics is going to be the number one for me heading into year two for Mitch Trubisky. I mean, absolutely. Without mechanics, you're not going to be able to do much of anything as a quarterback in the NFL. You need to have your fundamentals uh, pretty much squared away. And a big reason when uh, he would kind of lose those fundamentals is when, when there's pressure in his face, which kind of leads to mine. I think he needs to handle pressure just a little bit better. Devontae hit it. He took too many sacks. But even when he was even you know t- throwing the ball with pressure in his face, it wasn't really pretty. He ranked near the bottom when facing pressure, 32nd against the blitz, and a 48.7 pass rating versus pressure, which was ranked 34th in the NFL.
I mean, honestly, I really need to see those numbers perk up this season uh, for many reasons, of course. Um, I expect him to do so. And honestly, when you look back at last year, I don't put those woes entirely on his shoulders a year ago. He had an offensive line that was, you know, towards the end of the year getting banged up, allowing more pressure. On top of that, he had receivers that couldn't gain any separation, so he had nowhere to go with the ball. So, of course, it's going to be very difficult to do much of anything if there's guys coming, you know, breathing down your neck and there's just no one open. You have to try to do something. So, again, I won't put those numbers entirely on him, but they still need to be drastically improved this year. I think if he can find a way to get to middle of the pack uh, with pressure in his face, uh, the Bears are going to be much better for it. All right, guys, so we all know Trubisky's uh, poised to improve by leaps and bounds from his rookie season due to this brand-new system that best suits his skill set and, of course, the plethora of playmakers that the Bears have brought in to help him out. It's a great combination. And as a rookie, he probably had the worst spot in any quarterback in the entire league. I think he had perhaps, what, the worst wide receiver core and the worst offensive scheme? I mean, that's like handcuffs, like double handcuffs, arms and legs. He wasn't going to go anywhere. But I'm curious, if you had to pinpoint the one, either scheme or personnel, what would be the thing that will give him the largest boost in 2018 and why? Let's go right back to Nick. It's got to be the system. And I'm Trubisky has said it. This system was built for him, for his skill set. And everything that's going to be able to do, play to his strengths, playing in the shotgun, running those RPO, giving him the options to pass to, you know, whatever receiver is now going to be open because we didn't see any of that last season. But it's definitely the system that Nagy is bringing to Chicago is going to be the biggest, um, you know, beneficial for Mitch Trubisky in year two. Obviously, the players are great, but, you know, if you don't have a system for it, I mean, hand in hand, you can have either one. But I think the system is just more beneficial for him. Again, taking that big leap from that year one to year two and just being the quarterback to hopefully, you know, resurrect the Chicago Bears. Exactly. What about you, Devontae? Would you go personnel or would you go scheme? Um, I, I, I would go personnel. And, and the reason that I say that is because um, when you have the right personnel on the field, you create kind of an unhealthy fear in the defense. So, for example, even if we were running the same scheme from last year, with Allen Robinson just being out there one-on-one on a, on a cornerback in press coverage, like the defensive coordinator is automatically going to be nervous. When, when Trey Burton is coming out and he's either on a nickel or he's on a linebacker and you have to make a decision, do you want speed or do you want power over the top of him? Like it's going to scare a defensive coordinator. I think the personnel for me, uh, makes the difference because personnel automatically changes the defensive personnel uh, and you make them respond to you. And I think too many times we took what the defense gave us last season instead of making them give us something. Uh, and I think the personnel changes all of that. So when you have, you know, when Jordan Howard was our only weapon, you know, we were forcing Tanner Gentry down the field, you know, for you know, three or four games and he couldn't get any separation. <laughs> so now you have somebody, you know, you have personnel groups that can go down the field and really uh, scare a defense. It doesn't matter what scheme you run, in my opinion, because prime example, DeAndre Hopkins looked like a monster, even when Deshaun, even when Deshaun Watson went down because he's just a monster receiver. So I think personnel makes all the difference. All right, B, no pressure, but you are the tiebreaker. <laughs> yeah, I noticed yeah. that. I was thinking thinking about that. I was like, oh, I hope I'm second, so I don't have to be tiebreaker. But here I am, I'm the tiebreaker. So uh, after hearing both arguments, I do have to side with Devontae on this one. I think the personnel, that's kind of the way I was leaning anyway. Uh, but I, I think personnel, because like we talked about with wide receivers a couple weeks ago, uh, Taylor Gabriel, his quarterback rating when they throw to him, is it's a 93. So that just tells me that he makes players better by himself. He's got a big catch radius. He's fast. He's going to make the defense worried, like Devontae was saying. I mean, I think that that automatically dictates what you can do. So I think we did hear Dow Loggins at one point during the season say, you know, well, this is what the defense gave us. We just kind of reacted that way. It's like, really? You know, so I, I hope hope that we have a scheme that 
can dictate what the defense does, uh, but the personnel. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. On top, it's really going really gonna to make a big difference. I'll agree with personnel as long as Dow Loggins is not going to plays. <laughs> I think that changes everything. Well, I think we made a move for a reason. I think we're in much better hands. Uh, so, guys, from this moment on, it is uh, at least my time, Thursday, July, what, 19th at 8, 10 p.m., 7, 10 p.m. Chicago time. If I hear Dow Loggins one more time on this show, <laughs> this is the cutoff. This is the I'm cutoff. waiting for the opportunity. <laughs> oh, God. Training camps in two days. This is a new era. Let's not look back. I mean, I understand we're looking back for Trubisky, but Let's look forward. The, the future's bright. All right, guys, so getting back to Trubisky. He only had 30 deep passing attempts last year. And, again, due to the poor scheme that uh, someone who shall not be named is running <laughs> and no receivers, uh, again, he didn't have a lot of deep ball attempts. Uh, so, obviously, with the both revamped uh, offense, personnel, and Nagy's aggressive coaching style, how often do you expect Trubisky to test the waters over the top? And, by the way, uh, he had a 108.1 pass rating on deep balls as a rookie with zero interceptions on these routes. Nick, I want to go to you first. Uh, how often do you expect him to go? You don't have to give me a number, but, like, oh, actually, yeah, give me a number. That's what I'm asking for. <laughs> so, how many times per game or just – you go for it. You take whatever, however you want to explain it. Again, it's going to be, of course, week by week basis, what defenses are facing. And if, if Jordan Howard is running the ball effectively, there's going to be some deep shots because obviously that, that box is going to be loaded. You're going to want to try to stop the run. And you have Taylor Gabriel, Tariq Cohen, throw Allen Robinson a deep ball, a 50-50 ball. Um, man, it's hard to gauge a number on that. Um, but you're, you're going to see a lot more. I can tell you that. I can't give you a number, Will. Okay. I didn't give you a number last week either. I forgot what segment that was. I like, okay. just don't give out numbers. Yep, you do not. You do not give out numbers, and that's why girls have a hard time uh, approaching you in public. <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> hey, hey, I already got a girlfriend. Don't I have know, to give I out know. numbers you're like, anymore. You're like, well, way to go. Now, now you're going to get a text in like five minutes. I apologize. It was a joke. It was a joke, I promise. All right, Devontae, uh, do you expect Trubisky to go uh, deep much more than he did a year ago? Absolutely. Uh, if, if you remember Alex Smith from his time prior to Kansas City, he was kind of um, the Dak Prescott of the NFL. Everybody was like, he's a dink and dunk kind of quarterback. He doesn't go deep. Uh, here's some cool stats for you. Last season, Alex Smith was first in the NFL with passer rating going deep. He was first in the NFL with completion rating going deep. He was first in the NFL with percentage of yards going deep. And he was second in the NFL with touchdown rate uh, going deep. So I think Mitch won. In my opinion, Mitch has a way better arm, and he's a way stronger threat than Alex Smith. Um, and as we saw, like when Mitch is throwing anything over thirty or forty yards, it, it looks like it's like it's a video game. He's hitting people in the chest. He's hitting them in the face mask. Like I, I, I think of that touchdown to Josh Bellamy down the left side of the mm-hmm. field for a touchdown. Um, I, I think that's where Mitch likes to be. He likes to, and even if you go back to the North Carolina tape. The stuff that he was doing with Ryan Switzer down the field, deep passes, was just deadly. And uh, I think that's where he got a big bulk of his yards. It wasn't a bunch of the dink and dunk kind of things. Like Bug Howard was doing a lot for him there. Uh, Ryan Switzer was doing a ton of things out of the slot. So I think this season we see we see Mitch in maybe the top five as far as his passer rating down the field. Um, and the reason I say that is because, one, he's trigger happy. That's what he likes to do. 
And and two, his coach likes to do that. So I think and then we have a two headed monster in the backfield. People are gonna be confused. Should we, you know, bring hate should we bring help out to, you know, stop him from throwing deep or should we load the box and stop because we got Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen on the field at the same time? Like you just you just don't know. So I think he's gonna be in top five next season. Yeah, I mean, already 108.1 last year as a rookie with no deep threats whatsoever. So, I mean, it just shows, you know, it just shows what the kind of shots he can take. His accuracy downfield, of course. Uh, let's go over to Brandon here. Say he does say go top five in the NFL with his, you know, his deep all the statistical categories that Devontae mentioned. You know, the completions, the yards, the touchdowns, the uh, the pass rating. Uh, how does that just open up the entire offense? Well, it goes to kind of what we were talking about earlier, debating personnel versus scheme. Because uh, now, if we're not sending. Uh, Taylor Gabriel deep, uh, he can come across shallow or intermediate, whatever, and we still have Tariq Cohen and Allen Robinson potentially going deep. So now you've got three different threats on the field and throw in Trey Burton in there just because why not? Uh, I mean, that just opens up so many different opportunities because you have to respect the deep ball at this point. I mean, I would say that he doubles the attempts he had deep per game. I think it was two and a half. I think he can get to five deep attempts per game, and that's going to make defenses a little worried because you can – you complete one or two of those, and then all of a sudden you've got all this momentum on your side. Defenses are going to want to try and take that away. So then you can just kind of do a dink and dunk thing, bring the defense back in, then you beat them again deep. Just kind of a, a repeating process, I guess, in a way. But I think this is where the scheme uh, kind of outweighs the personnel in the debate we had earlier, but I, I still take the personnel side of that argument. Okay, sounds good. Let's look at RPOs for a moment because, you know, there's a lot that goes into him from a quarterback's perspective. He's going to be leaned on to making lightning fast decisions on each of those plays from handing the ball off or not to which receiver he's going to throw to. He'll be need to be on the top of his game mentally in terms of reading his keys and defenses, legitly like in split-second decisions. Uh, so I want to know, why is he up to this challenge? Because I believe he is. And how much uh, struggle maybe early on is understandable and acceptable? Because I think, you know, he did it a little bit in North Carolina, uh, but getting used to it with these running backs, Street Cohen, Jordan Howard, and of course this is a whole offense coming together, I can see some little hiccups with RPOs, especially maybe throughout the preseason, uh, but then by the time the regular season rolls around, hopefully most of the kinks are worked out. So I want to know, how much struggle early on would you be uh, okay with, and how confident are you that he won't really struggle with this and he'll pick up the RPOs you know, in the snap? I want to go to Devontae here first. Um, actually, man, I'm very confident that there's not going to be too much struggle at all with, with the RPOs. And the reason that I say that is because Mark Telfer is actually an architect of RPOs. Uh, I did a lot of film study on what he would bring to this offense. And one of the things that Oregon ran while he was there was this concept called a bubble zone read, uh, which basically looks like a bubble screen. And, and, and it's an RPO at the, you know, in, in, in its core, but there's, it looks like a bubble screen going out wide and then the wide receivers either are blocking or they're tricking the corners because you never know which one is going to you know is going to happen so i think when you have a master architect in an offensive coordinator and a head coach they build zone you know they build these rpos um to to have multiple options i think it's people got to remember that it's not just one run one pass one you know option it's run pass options Exactly. So you have so many different things that you can do uh, and that you can bail out. And plus our personnel, again, going back to that, man, you can put Taylor Gabriel and, and Tariq Cohen in the backfield. And now you don't know who's going out to catch the ball, who's going to be, you know, who can, you can hand the ball off directly to Taylor Gabriel. Or you can just say, you know, forget all of that, RPO, turn around, spin, and then it's a screen. So you, don't, you just don't know what it could be. And I think with the, the architecture of our offensive minds, minded coaches, it's not going to be tough on them at all. What about you, Nick? How excited are you for about these RPOs and what do you expect from Trubisky in them? Oh, it's really exciting. I mean, being at camp on Saturday, it's going to be interesting to see where the ball is even at on the play. I mean, there can be uh, – that's the thing, too. Mitch Trubisky wants to get better at, you know, 
writing these play fakes out to confuse defenses. So with that, it's very exciting to see where this ball can end up. And Devontae's already giving you the options of options that could happen on any given play. So that is very exciting. But I do think even though, you know, you have Mark Helvert, who I think is a really good point as to why this this offense is going to be really maybe a smooth transition learning it. There's definitely going to be hiccups. I mean, it is a new offense. There's a bunch of new players coming in. And I think, you know, obviously multi- more reps, the constant repetition, that's going to get, you know, that perfect where they want it to be. But, yeah, really excited. I'm, I'm expecting hiccups, you know, early on, you know, that preseason, hopefully get things sorted out. But, yeah, it's, it's exciting to see where the ball, where people are going to end up on any given play. Exactly. And don't forget that Trubisky, he can also put make some damage on the ground. I think he had the second best yards for scramble last year. It's like over nine as a rookie. So of course, you know, it's a run it's RPO, but he can also take off with it too. So, you know, just so many variables to keep in mind here. All right, so guys, looking at strictly this season, because I think that's what we have in front of us, let's put things into perspective. What will be Trubisky's ceiling and what about his floor? What's gonna be best case, worst case for Trubisky? And B, I want to go to you first. His floor is what he did last year. I it's not that he did bad last year, uh, but there's just been so many upgrades around him personnel-wise, scheme-wise. There's no way that I don't think he falls below what he did last year with seven touchdowns, seven interceptions. Doesn't have to be that number, but a one-to-one touchdown-interception ratio. I don't think he's going to throw for any less than 2,100 yards like he did last year. Again, he had, he had the training wheels on, and we had a quarterback guru in John Fox apparently uh, running the offense, whatever, because I don't want to say the other guy's name. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. Want to keep the podcast going, you know. Uh, so I don't. I don't think that he he falls any any less than what he did last year. His ceiling, though, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say if I'm going to keep putting numbers to it. I wouldn't say any more than 3,500 yards. I think that we do see some hiccups in the RPO system. I think it's just going to take, you know, one big big fumble or one big bad read uh, that kind of gives the defense a touchdown or whatever. That's really going to get that straightened out. I don't see it getting past one more big play for a defense to capitalize on our mistake. Uh, for that to happen, so I I, I put his ceiling at 3,500 yards. I think it's uh, I think that's reasonable with all the weapons around. He's I think if there's it is going to be a growing bit of growing pains, excuse me, uh, throughout the offense. So I don't think that he necessarily reaches. You know, he's not going to blow us out of the water in in this year, 2019 maybe. Okay, what about you, Devonte? Is your floor maybe a little higher and your ceiling? I I have a feeling it is. Yeah, it is. Um, so my floor. Uh, how about we just do? How about I do player? Um, sure. my floor for him is Dak Prescott season last year. Um, you know, kind of, uh, lackluster. It was, you know, maybe like 3,300 yards, like 21 touchdowns, 13 interceptions or something like that on like 64% completion. I, I believe those were the numbers. Uh, but his ceiling, I think looks sort of like Russell Wilson, um, more so of that 30 touchdown range with, you know, double digit, still double digit interceptions because there's still a lot, you know, to kind of come across, but maybe that 30 touchdowns to, you know, 13 interceptions um, and, and 3,800 yards, 3,900 yards. And the reason that I say that is because uh, with the personnel grouping uh, and, and how many options we have, there's a lot to bail out Mitch Trubisky. And we have a lot of home run hitters. I mean, we have Taylor Gabriel who can catch a five-yard screen and take it to, you know, take it 60 yards to the house. We have Tariq Cohen who's a, who's a threat on a check down. We have Anthony Miller who we, we're not even sure of what he's going to be in the NFL, but if he looks anything like he looks in college, he's a home run threat. Allen Robinson is is a big play guy. So I think he has a lot of options to kind of bail him out. 
Um, and I think Jordan Howard is going to surprise a lot of people when he when he has to catch the ball too. So uh, I, I I believe that his ceiling is I think he's going to look closer to his ceiling than his floor. I will say that. So I would say his floor is Dak Prescott. His ceiling is Russell Wilson. I like it. I like the comparisons. And of course, if we can reach that ceiling uh, this season, oh man, it's going to be exciting times <laughs> here in Chicago, uh, no doubt about it. Let's go over to Nick. What are you thinking? What ceiling, floor, best case, worst case, however you want to frame it. Yeah, I know Mitch, and he said that in, his press, in today's press conference, he hates being compared to Goff and Wentz. But, man, when you see just the comparisons from year one to year two for Goff, year one for him, 1,089 yards, five touchdowns, seven interceptions, then he just blows up in that year two, 3,800 yards, 28 touchdowns, seven interceptions. With all the weapons that Mitch Trubisky has and, again, the scheme and everything that we, we all know, there's, I think that's. I think he can get that. Those those numbers. Those golf like numbers. And obviously, the big thing is here the wins that come from these numbers. But I think that's reasonable, honestly. Even though uh, he he threw for two thousand yards, it was better than Goff's in his first year. Uh, two more touchdowns, same amount of interceptions. And I know he hates the the comparisons, but it's hard to not compare those two. The guys, you know, trained in California together for you know some time. Um, and they're both in better offenses, in offensive minded systems. Young head coaches more weapons around them. I can definitely see that. I definitely can. Just those golf, those numbers that he put up last season, that would be my my, my ceiling. Or, yeah, my ceiling for Mitch Trubisky. Floor, um, he definitely doesn't do anything worse than what he did last season. Uh, if not, it's it's a little bit better. But the ceiling is definitely what Goff did last season. All right, I like that a lot. Very exciting stuff all the way around in terms of his ceiling. Again, Trubisky has a ton of potential, and I think we said it throughout – all of the offseason that this offense is going to go as far as Trubisky takes it. It's all on him. We're all aboard the Trubisky train. And yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's time. It's, it's time for Trubisky to just take the reins, take over, take ownership of this offense. And uh, it's in his hands and I'm excited to see what he does with it. All right. So to close out our discussion on Trubisky, I just want to share two interesting stats that Bears fans uh, should know to further increase their excitement. Uh, last year on third and long, Trubisky had the third best pass rating in the NFL with 107.4. And via pro football focus, Trubisky had the best quarterback grade in the first quarter and he had 103 passer rating. And on top of that, he had a completion percentage of 84.7, which was the highest in the NFL last year by three whole points in the first quarter. So he knows how to come out there with those scripted plays and how, you know, when he studies, he's good. I think, again, last year things fell apart because the Bears fell behind. They didn't have any way to catch up. So, of course, his numbers are going to dip as the game prolongs. But, again, first quarter last year, he was pretty much money. Same thing on third and long. Uh, again, that was a zero option. So I can't wait to see what he can do uh, with some better players around him. All right, guys, we talked about the three quarterbacks that are heading into training camp here in just a couple of days. They're already there, but the first practice is, will be in about 36 hours. So let's go ahead and wrap up this episode with one more segment. Let's take a step back and look at the big picture. I want to know your confidence level for the position as a whole entering 2018, and let's go to B. On a, on a number scale, I'm going to go a, a nine nine and a quarter, we'll say. Uh, I I really think that two two guys, Tyler Bray and Chase Stanley, that really really know the system, have worked in it, have played in it, uh, know what to expect in an RPO system, know their keys, know their reads, are really going to be able to help Trubisky grasp this offense uh, very very quickly, and I I think that that leads to great success for Trubisky. Sure. What about you, Devonte? How confident are you? Uh, I say eight, and not not because of anything with Trubisky. It's more so the backup situation. Uh, Chase Daniels' contract kind of scares me a little bit, uh, just because it. it 
one year and a player option to kind of opt out afterwards. Uh, very much formulated like an NBA contract, but um, I, I'm a firm believer, especially after seeing Nick Foles kind of come in and win the Super Bowl and be the reason that the Eagles uh, didn't lose all hope when Carson Wentz went down. Uh, I, I, I'm looking big picture again, as we're talking about big picture, I would love to have a backup behind Trubisky who's uh, can be there for the next four years that we know that we can count on. Uh, if anything were to happen, and that we're not kind of scrambling and being in another situation. And maybe I'm just snake bitten by last or, or two years, last year and the year before <laughs> quarterback <laughs> <Yeah>. situation, <laughs> quarterback situation where we ended up with Matt Barkley throwing passes to Daniel Braverman, like getting called back, but that's ridiculous. Um, so I, that kind of, the backup situation kind of scares me a little bit. I would love a little more security there, but man, I'm, I'm 100% confident in Mitch. All right. What about you, Nick? I'm sure you're probably on the same lines as Devante. I'm going a nine and a half. I'm really confident nice. in this position. And you know what? Um, laying it back to where Ryan Pace was formerly at in New Orleans, uh, Drew Brees only missed one game in eight seasons. And, you know, a big part, Ryan Pace bringing in the right guys to protect Trubisky. I think he's going to stay upright. I mean, the only reason that there should be doubt in this position is because of the backups. But all confidence is in Trubisky that he's going to be healthy, that he's going to elevate his game in year two. So I'm very confident. So as long as the Bears keep him upright, uh, Bears fans should be confident in their franchise quarterback. There you go. Again, you know, Trubisky on the field, confidence levels all the way up there. And again, these backups providing everything that we talked about, just, you know, on the top of the show in terms of their mentorship, their leadership, their guidance to Trubisky only, uh, you know, escalates the level of excitement and confidence, at least personally with me. Uh, Nick, you, I, and Brandon apparently is going to be going to practice, which is exciting for Brandon. He has been able to make it for a few seasons, but uh, we're going to be going to practice this weekend. So when we're watching the quarterbacks at camp, what are you going to be paying attention to? You remember last training camp where Trubisky couldn't get a handoff and it was the biggest thing. It was like, oh man, Trubisky, the franchise quarterback, can't even get a handoff. That's not what I'm going to be watching for. I just wanted to bring it up. But uh, <laughs> uh, what I'm just going to be watching for is just him being that leader. I, obviously, last season, Mike Lennon was there and, and that was pretty unfortunate. But now he is the guy. People are going to be looking up to him in the huddle every time. I want to see him, you know, how he gets on people. If someone's not running the route precisely where he wants to run it, how he, you know, interacts with his teammates. I know that, you know, he's been reading books and, and doing all these other things just to get those leadership skills, you know, improved on. But right now he's showing that he can be the leader. But I just want to see that that jump, I guess, again, in year two, how he's going to handle this team because it is his team. Exactly. It is Trubisky's team. Let's go back to Devante. I want to know, uh, you know, if you go to camp, I know you're not going to be able to make it. You're all the way down in Texas. So that's a little bit tough for you. So you have to use your imagination here. So say you're at practice and you were able to watch Trubisky and quarterbacks out there. What would you want to pay attention to the most? Uh, well, yeah, I would say ownership um, is, is another big thing if, that I kind of goes into the improvement category, but at the same time that I would be looking for uh, in camp. It's Trubisky's team. I uh, want to see him not only just own the team and own the offense, but I want to see him own the clock. I want to see him own the play. I want to see him own player assignments. I want to see him uh, literally say, hey, y'all get to our spot. We need to hurry up. Hey, especially if there's some wink-wink uh, tempo offense going to be run next season. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, he has to own the clock. I, I want to see him own every aspect of the game with the team. And then I want to see him own the defense and not, like, just obliterate him, like, you know, own, but I mean, like, own the defense in – hey, guys, I'm the leader of this team, not just the leader of this offense. So I uh, want to see him connect and want to see him, you know, be um, hands-on with all players and be like, hey, you know, go pat Kyle Fuller on the butt for an interception <laughs> just as much as he would, you know, Allen Robinson for, 
you know, a touchdown pass 60 yards on three people. <clears throat> yeah, so, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I like that a lot. What about you, B? Uh, I know you're excited to get down there. Uh, what do you be paying attention to the most? I'm going to be paying attention to how he handles this this RPO system. What's his trust like with the with the running backs to be able to put it in their gut and then wait to either pull it out at the last second or be able to make the handoff? Are we going to see some fumbles in there? That's kind of where I think the hiccups are going to lie is uh, whether or not that can be executed. And I think it's going to take some time. It's going to take some repetition, but that's something I'm going to be looking for, especially this weekend, is how quickly uh, does that uh, get adapted by him. All right, Devontae, I want to go for you for this next one because uh, you weren't here for any of the other like positional previews because we kind of brought on you know a writer at a time, and mm-hmm. we've all kind of talked about it off and on. So I want your opinion here. Who do you think is going to be Trubisky's go-to targets this year, and why? You know, plenty of weapons to choose from, but if you had to choose like two go-to guys for him this year, two go-to guys, man. One Tariq Cohen, he already has a rapport with him, um, and Tariq Cohen just offers him the most variety. Like I said, he's a bailout guy. He can. He can make the big play, but he can also be the guy that's like, hey, I know if I need to put the ball in somebody's hands, it's going to make the play. It's going to be Tariq Cohen. Um, I think that's the first guy. The second guy that I would say is going to be Allen Robinson um, because Allen Robinson is the jump ball. He can make up for bad throws. Uh, you don't have to pinpoint the throw for him to go get it. His catch radius is ridiculous. Um, plus, he's a monster against the press. He's a monster with double moves. Uh, and in the red zone, he's ridiculous. Like it, I just think that he's going to be – um, those are going to be your two options. And I think Trey Burton, you know, is going to be the, the third one. So uh, that's what I would say. I like it. Yeah, and Alan Robertson, by the way, for those listening, uh, 100%, 100%, ready to roll uh, for camp. Very yeah. exciting stuff. All right, guys, time for a bold prediction. I'm excited to see what you guys can do here for the quarterbacks. You can do quarterbacks <laughs> as a whole. You can do Trubisky in general. I'm assuming you're going to just stick with number 10 here. So bold prediction time. Brandon, you're going to start things off. Mitch Trubisky triples his touchdown production from last year. That'd be twenty one. That'd be twenty one. It sounds a lot more cool when you say triples. I'm not. That's why I said triple. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Devontae. How about you, man? Um, bold. Okay, here's my bold prediction. Mitch Trubisky throws for four thousand yards and quadruples his touchdown production. (laughs) I like it. There we go. I like it. Four (laughs) thousand yards, man. Wouldn't that just be something? Mm. All right, Nick. Bold prediction. What do you got? Yeah. So I think this is going to be my boldest bold prediction ever. Um, obviously, the Bears play in the NFC North. You have Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, and Matthew Stafford in that division. I think that Mitch Trubisky in each of those games outplays all those quarterbacks. And that is saying a lot. That is bold to the <laughs> utmost extent. But I think that um, if you guys haven't yet, Bleacher Report, uh, Tyler Dunn wrote a fantastic article on Mitch Trubisky. And he was asked about the division. And Mitch, it's three words. He said, bring them on to Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, Stafford. And, man, would that be something if he outplays them in all the games. I don't know if they win those games, but if you can outplay those three quarterbacks, I think you have a pretty good chance of winning. So that's my bold prediction. I like it a lot. Devontae oh. kind of stole my thunder a little bit with the 4,000 number. I was ready to whip that out and be like, yeah. But uh, yeah. mine, I have a second wrinkle in it. 4,000 and I have 30 touchdowns. I think, you know, that's way up there in terms of his ceiling. Mm-hmm. But if somehow if he eclipsed it, uh, that would just, I think, if that if he eclipses it, we're making it to the playoffs. So this defense, and if he's putting up those kind of points, those kind of numbers, there's no way the Bears aren't playing football come January. But again, that's a bold prediction. That's at the utmost tier of his ceiling. But I don't think it's... Hard pressed to say that it's not technically out of his reach, out of the reach of this offense's potential. And, you know, again, it might be slightly far fetched, but also slightly within the realm of possibility. So it's going to walk that gray line, and we'll find out here soon. 
All right, guys. To close things off, let's go ahead and talk about, uh, you know, usually we end the show with who's going to lead the team in this category mm-hmm. or that category at the position. I think we know it's going to be Trubisky all the way down the board, so we're going to flip I it hope over. it's only Mitch. It's only it's all Mitch. That's it. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going to give you a statistical category, and you're just going to give me a number. And I'm excited to see where you guys are thinking here in terms of Mitchell Trubisky, 16-game season. What do you got? And I'm going to go to Nick first for yards. I just threw out the, you know, Devontae and I just threw out the huge bold prediction of 4,000, but maybe what's more of a reasonable number? I would say 3,700 would be a good number. I think that's something that he's capable of doing. And I said the golf comparisons uh, earlier in the podcast, so 3,700. All right, Devontae, I want to give you completion percentage. How many, uh, what's the percentage of completions for Trubisky this year? I think Mitch shocks people, and he shows that athletic Drew Brees-esque. I think he completes 68% of his passes this season. All right, I like that a lot. Let's go over to Brandon. And I know you're saying triple, which is only 21, but touchdowns this year. I think 18 is a, a solid number, a safe number, I would say. I think he can get more than that, but I think 18. I think that the offense still struggles a little bit the first few weeks, so that number is going to kind of – uh, be low for me. I'm going to say 18 is a, a safe number. Okay. I'm going to write this down because I'm going to have you eat your words come January. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> I think 18 is low balling. That's fine. I mean, definitely you keep, I do, I talk about this a lot for other players, so it's safe to do it with Trubisky too. You know, keep your expectations slightly lower, let them exceed those expectations. And then of course, frustration levels are a little bit less. Um, let's go back to Devante. I don't know what your pastor rating is going to be. Man, that's tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say, I would say upper nineties. Um, uh, I would say upper 90s. I, I don't know which number. I'll say 95.6. That that can sit, That's kind of upper 90, right? That like crosses over. Yeah. <laughs> <Perfect>. 95.6, <laughs> yeah. that sounds great. You know, 158.3 would be perfect, but no. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay, but seriously, yeah. though, 95.6. I think I can live with that for a season. Uh, so, yeah, 95.6, I think that's a good stepping stone for him to kind of propel him to maybe into the hundreds his third season if he's a little bit more efficient. Like Brandon said, struggles were probably going to happen the first month or so of the season as everything's still kind of gelling with the starters on offense. And once they click, I think that's when you're going to see, you know, the wheels start spinning, or not spinning, but churning. I think that would be the word I want to use here. Uh, just a little bit better. Let's go over to Nick. What's going to be your touchdowns? touchdowns we're gonna go with i think a safe number would be 26 touchdowns for mitch trubisky all right and interceptions let's go back to nick uh he's gonna avoid double digits but he's gonna have nine nine i like it and yes brandon i had to find someone else to give me a number for touchdowns i had a few <laughs> i was like i need to hear another one because 18 it was bringing me down man it's okay though well, like you said gotta keep the expectations a little reasonable or I read the nose wrong and I did it again. I'm, I'll never okay. tell. I will never tell. I'm only on two and a half hours of sleep. So, again, uh, I'm rolling with it. But we're good. All right, guys. So, we did interceptions. We did touchdowns. All right, Devontae, I'm going to give you another fun one. I'm giving you all the fun ones today. Uh, throws right. of 20 plus. Throws of 20 plus yards. Ah, uh, Goff had 54 I, last season. Just putting that out there. There you go. Thank you. For that. Had, Thank you. Thank you for that. So, Goff had 54. I'll say, yeah, then I'll say, you know, 49, I'd say 48, somewhere in there. Uh, upper 40s is a, is a good deep passer. Like I said, I think that the screen and the uh, the bubble zone read concept that Oregon used to use is going to be huge. So I don't think he's going to throw a ton down the field, but I think he's going to be very accurate when he does. So Perfect. All right, guys, and look what we talked about. He can also do some damage on the ground. I'm curious. Nick, how many rushing yards? Ooh, how many Ooh. rushing yards? Mm. I don't see that statistic on Goff's page there. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Rushing yards. Well, we the thing is he can run. You just don't want him to be running. It's a thing. Sure. Unless it, unless he's going to the sidelines. For what um, it's worth, he had 248 last year. 248? Okay. 
trying to let's say he gets touchdowns if you want to throw that in there too okay we'll go we'll go 400 oh man i feel like that's a lot we'll go 400 yards on the ground um yeah, he's not going to be running a lot, but when he does, he's going to be smart with it. Hopefully he gets out of bounds because he did take a lot of bad shots last season. Definitely don't want that happening in year two. All right, and Brandon, you're going to get rushing touchdowns since you wanted to throw it in there. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I'll say four. Okay. okay, four it is. That works for me. All right, guys, so that's all I have for the big picture stuff. Devontae, I'm going to open the floor up to you because uh, you're doing it well, and it's your first time on the podcast. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky, final thoughts. Um, man, final thoughts. I think Mitch is going to shock people this year, uh, and not maybe not so much us, like as far as the people who cover the Bears and who can break down every pass. But I think Mitch is going to shock a lot of the outside world who wrote him off when he was drafted, who booed him at the United Center, who like a lot of basically the outside world that that really just saw Mitch in in a bubble and thought, oh yeah, well, after one year, I told you he was a buzz. Oh, he got thrown. Whatever. I don't want to hear the excuses. I think Mitch is going to show himself strong against the NFC North. I think he's going to show himself strong late in the season with his command. And I think he's going to shock people with his total stat line when it's all said and done. And on top of that, I don't think he's going to get the credit. I think it's going to be one of those Alex Smith type of seasons. Like, wait, Alex Smith threw for 4,000 yards and 25 touchdowns and single digit intercepts? Like, wow, I didn't even realize it. I think it's going to be one of those kind of seasons where he's going to go under the radar because he's not that rah-rah Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers guy. Yeah, you know, under the radar is not a bad place to be. You know, he's even mentioned that as well. I think the article that Nick's mentioned, too, he's kind of like, you know, I don't need to be, you know, the guy, you know, cussing out my teammates in the huddle or yelling at them or doing that. I can, you know, lead by example, lead with my demeanor, lead with, you know, uh, respect, and, of course, you know, just calm presence. And I think that's what he's going to bring. And, again, if he's flying well, under the radar in the NFL and he's still being able to put up those kinds of numbers, uh, the Bears are going to be in really good shape. And, again, we haven't again. We talked about the running backs a couple of days ago, but just putting those two together, the running game and what Trubisky can bring, a lot of potential on this offense. All right, Nick, what about you? Final thoughts for Trubisky quarterbacks? Yeah, Mitch Trubisky's going to make the Bears relevant again. That's basically, I mean, that's what you want to see. That's what the fans want to see. That's what the team wants to see. That's what he wants to see. That the Bears are finally back, being competitive. You know, battling for the NFC North title. Hopefully, going into the playoffs. But it starts this season. He's going to bring them back and make them relevant once again. Awesome. Brandon, it's up to you to close it out strong. Final thoughts on True. He needs to seize the moment, man. This is his time. Uh, do it when there's, you know, after we had some coaching turnover, some personnel turnover, this is going to be a real chance, like Devonta said, to, to shock the outside world. And I think that he really has to be able to seize this moment. All right. I, you know, yeah, I'll second that. I think he has to, and I believe he will. I believe he possesses the right mindset to do it. He's putting in all the work behind the scenes. He's grinding. He's not out here taking a summer vacation. You saw him putting in work. He's on working with kids, putting, giving back to the community. He has, you know, the exact approach that you want to see out of a second year quarterback. If not even more, he's approaching this thing like a 10 year veteran. And I think that it speaks volumes of what kind of person he is off and on the field. So yes, Trubisky, this finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. This is, all, this is a season to prove to the Bears fans that he's the guy, like Nick said, to make the Bears relevant again. I believe they can be uh, much sooner rather than later, and so much soon that, heck, it could be this season if all the pieces align and everything gels just like it definitely has the potential to. All right, guys, so that's it for the show. So let's all take a deep breath because that officially concludes 
the 2018's countdown to camp. When we begin, when we get back, and you know, when we began this back in May, I mean, honestly, training camp it felt like a lifetime away. But not, just now, just like that, training camp it's here. So again, for those listening, for those watching, if you miss any of our positional previews, definitely go back and check them out. Still plenty of time to do so. They are full to the brim of valuable information that you need before and, heck, even during training camp because we're talking about every single player on this Bears roster throughout the entirety of the preseason. The next time that you hear from us, it's going to be a doozy. We're going to be recapping the Bears' first practice on Saturday. What will our top takes be? Who's going to stand out day one for good or for bad? You're going to find out Saturday afternoon, but until then, smile. The offseason's over, and we'll talk to you soon. Bear down, Chicago. Bear down.